not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the Mick McCarthy of the View from the Ninian podcast world, a short-term podcast to tide you over until the end of the season, aka Sunday, when we do a proper podcast once again. Um, we haven't really discussed the Mick McCarthy appointment, we've got to discuss the Barnsley game, and we get to look ahead to Millwall. I think both of those are former clubs of Mick McCarthy, our new manager. Joining me, as always, to go through the gritty, gritty detail of Mick McCarthy is Ben Price. Ben, how are you? Yeah, fair to middling, mate. You fair to middling, yeah. I'm all right. I, you know, off air, we were talking about your bad chippy. I don't know if you want to air the grievance on on the podcast. Ruin I'm just saying, Finton, Finton's in Pentwin, please get your shit together. That oh, was so disappointing. I, I, I've been there, awful, awful. And business. that no, no, it can, it, is Tom Phillips as well, who's it, joining it can be good. It, it can be a good chippy if the right person's there, it's a good chippy. But tonight was not that, it wasn't their night. Sounds like you got a chip on your shoulder about it, but um. Thank you very much. And the other voice was, of course, Tom Phillips. Tom, um, any grievances that you want to air? Uh, no, no, that's too chippy for me. I'm, I'm fine, thank you very much. No, you had, a, you had a pack of Seabrooks, didn't you, when you were watching the Barnsley game? I did have a pack of Seabrooks, which was sauce. Very sharp, like um, good, sharp. good crisp, good crisp. Good crisp indeed. Right. Um, we didn't do a podcast at the weekend because um, we did two podcasts last week. We're doing two podcasts this week, but this is the interim Mick McCarthy podcast where we get to discuss the Mick McCarthy appointment. Ben, we got together last week to talk about the Neil um, Neil Harris emergency sacking podcast. We were pretty hell-bent on Craig Bellamy coming in. We were thinking of people like Paul Cook. And then the club pulled the blinder, didn't they? And appointed Mick McCarthy on a six-month deal. Give us your reaction. Again, do you remember that like halfway through the podcast when I saw that McCarthy was like <laughs> one of the favourites to take over and I thought it'd be funny because I didn't think we'd actually do it. Then Cardiff actually went and fucking done it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I tweeted something along the lines of, it's a small betting market. Of course, Mick McCarthy's the favourite because people are just lumped on. No, no, it was true. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are that I, short-sighted and that unoriginal <laughs> that his name came up, as not as a joke. Like it's You normally see those markets, and as him and Alan Kirbishley tend to be 25, 25 to 1-ish, don't they? they tend to be around there just for a bit of a laugh. No, we were favourite with him, and it turned out to be true. Oh, my fucking days. So you're happy about it? Oh, delighted, mate. Lovely bloke. <laughs> he is a nice bloke, and like this, you can't fault him. Like You could hear him from the sidelines tonight, really supportive, really wants to encourage the players. Like I, I think he's a great bloke. I just don't want him managing my fucking football club long term. Tom, um, do you echo what Ben's saying there? Do you, do you, are you happy with the appointment? What was your initial reaction to it? Um, it was a bit of shock, really. I didn't think we'd do it. Um, I didn't think we'd go down the Mick McCarthy route. I think I said I, d- I wouldn't mind it as an appointment, kind of half joking in the last podcast, thinking it wouldn't actually happen. I said, you know, he did a good job with Ipswich, and when he went, they went plummeting that down into League One. And I think, even though I was kind of half joking at the time, I think that's the one kind of shred of like confidence I'm like kind of holding on to is that. He did do a good job at Ipswich, and I spoke to a Wolves fan about it the other day, and they loved him there. He did a fantastic job there for them. So you know, he's clearly not a bad manager, and you know, and like like Ben said, he wouldn't want him there for the long term. But that's the key part of it. They've said that it's probably a short term appointment. So 
perhaps it's a blinder from the club, really, you know, just to tie us over. So we're not rushing into an appointment now. We've got Mick McCarthy till the end of the season. And you'd hope that the club have a plan. I doubt they do, to be honest. I doubt they're that clever. But let's hold on to the hope that they might have a plan for the end of the season. Well, looking at Mick McCarthy's career, he, you know, apart from Applewell recently and his interim stint at Republic of Ireland, he does like to stick around places. Four years at Millwall, six years at the Republic of Ireland, three years at Sunderland, six years at Wolves, another six years at Ipswich. So, Ben, he's a long-term manager, isn't he? He is. It's not like he's been a short-term appointment in many places. He tends to become part of the furniture, yeah. which is what worries me. And sort of, I don't know if we're going to go into this later, but Tom's saying we're hoping the club have a plan and sort of they've got ideas going forward. Um, I think it was clear from that uh, meeting with the select group of supporters the other night, club ain't got a fucking clue what's going on in six weeks, never mind six months. And that is the big worry for me. I don't, as much as I'd like to think Mick is short-term, I can't see the club going, oh, you've done a bad job, we'll get someone else in. I think they'll take the easy option and go, oh, well, they're not going to go down under him. We'll keep him longer. I mean, we could talk about the long-term strategy um, if you want now. I mean, there's two arguments here in my mind, and um, let's play devil's advocate on both of them. The first uh, uh, argument would be, do we need a long-term strategy? Um, we've spent, what, 10 years now under the, the tutelage of, of Vincent Tan. In that time, we've been promoted twice. We've got to League Cup finals. We've been on the verge of the playoffs. You know, we've been relatively successful for a football club, and that's all been done without a plan. But then on the other hand, there is the argument that that has to come to an end at some point, and we actually do need to become a forward-thinking, progressive football club, right? Tom, I'll come to you first. What, what is your ideal end of the season? We've got six months now of Mick McCarthy. What happens in six months' time? Mick McCarthy is walked out the door. What happens then? Perhaps he doesn't walk out the door. Perhaps he's moved upstairs. You never know. That You've seen that touted around. Well, they walk him out the door and then get him back in on a new Back contract, in, yeah, into the lift there. and up he goes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You'd like to think that, yeah, he, he ties us over till the end of the season. Then you've got like a long-term plan of someone who comes in with, you know, fresh faces, fresh ideas. You know, because we've got we've had an aging squad for quite some time now, and you know the one thing I came out of January that's quite I don't know relieving as a Cardiff fan is seeing that someone like Perry NG coming in and Max Waters coming in, the, the young talents who you know seem like we're planning for the future, and it'd be great to have a manager alongside that with a new philosophy. And I think I have just convinced myself that Bellamy would be the answer because he knows the club inside out. I'm not sure if he is, but we've gone on about it so much. I think ah, oh, there we go. There's our long term plan. We've done it for you, Vincent. You bring in Bellamy three, four years done. But you know, we've seen it before where I think we thought the same with Warner, where we thought he was coming in just to kind of be a bit of a I think so stop, stop the leak, you know, and then yeah, tie us over, bring in a long term plan. And you know what Cardiff fans are like, because we saw it when Mick was appointed. It was outrage, if not like full out anger when they saw he was in charge. Within one press conference, everyone was like, Yeah, we're on board. I like him. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, come on, team Mick. <laughs> and it's going to happen again we're going to have a plucky end of the season we're going to finish eighth and we're going to like oh can you imagine what it's going to be like if Mick had a whole season and we'll end up with him for two and a half years and we'll, we'll hit the same we'll kick the can down the road and we'll have the same problem again when he leaves at the end of it it strikes me Tom that you're quite happy go lucky on this but Ben it strikes me that you would like a plan you would like that director of football to come in it doesn't even have to be a director of football I just want some clear identity of where the club wants to go in the next couple of years because it's really really starting to grate on me now especially going off the sort of shitty answers that um, Mehmet Darman gave at this fans meeting 
that the club don't have a clue at the moment. And I don't think they think it's important that they need to have a clue. When we're, let's be real, we're in a relegation battle. We're not in a playoff push. This season isn't mm. going to be about us getting to the playoffs. We are now looking to stay up. That's what McCarthy's appointment was to make us not go down. And if the club are saying that's fine, we don't need a longer term plan, then there's a real big issue with that. If you look at the table now, other than Watford, who are a basket case of a club and will sack their manager if they get bored, the rest seem to be the top. The rest of the top four are made up of clubs that sort of have a forward-thinking plan or an identity of the football. You've got Norwich, Swansea and Brentford have clear identities and have had sort of clear long-term plans in place. Um, yeah, it's just the short-term, short-termism of where we're going at the moment. I don't know if that's where short-termism, but I'm making it up and coining it now. But um, yeah, it, it only goes one way. You go downwards, not up in this day of football. Football's changed too much in the last 10 years to not have some sort of plan in place. I'm not saying it needs to be Right, we want it. we're going to go up and make the Premier League within three years. It doesn't even have to be that drastic. It just needs to be some identity of how the club's going to go. If you and and this is this is a very a hypothetical situation. If you were to come to the, your average Cardiff fan and say, right, <clears throat> we can give you a three to five year plan where someone's going to come in, revamp the football club change the way we do our recruitment, get the director of football in the boardroom, bring in a football identity, or give someone, you'll get promoted next year to be back in the Premier League. What are fans going to go for, Tom? Well, yeah, that's why we love yeah. Warnock so much. <laughs> and, and like, I, I, bet I totally get where you're coming from, but Cardiff City fans love to, almost like when Fulham were, when Fulham were running away with the, you know, not running away, coming up on the rails as the year we got promoted. And we were like, ha ha, fuck off, you play good football, but we're going to go up ahead of you. We almost like rev- revel in this like anti-football nature in what we do. And and part of me just thinks that most Cardiff fans were just like, if you could guarantee them promotion under another Warnock type character. If if you could say Mick McCarthy after these six months is going to stay for another year and get us promoted compared to the identity, most fans are just going to go for that success thing altogether. Yeah, and are. I think and I think what will happen is if we brought in someone like a director of football, the director of football would start making the signings for the manager, and then people would go, "Why is the director of football making the signings? Should be the manager making the signings?" Like I just think I think Card- I think we're just we're one of those clubs that are just I don't know. It's just we can't win either way. It's worked all right, isn't it? The last ten years, <laughs> the way it... it's better. Like I, 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 I want it. Like I agree, Ben. I think we should have some clear plan. I think there should be a change in the way we do things just to protect ourselves against the long-term changing of football. But the reality is, I just wonder how many people actually want that. They wouldn't. I think that is part of the issue. Sort of Bellamy raised it in his um, interview with Scott mm. that he doesn't think for the changes Cardiff need that the fans would give him time. I think the one thing that sort of attracts everyone to Bellamy is. He's Craig Bellamy, so he'd get a bit longer than most managers would. Look, we're a fickle bunch at Cardiff. We protested at not having stuff to protest before. Um, it's just, I'm just losing the enjoyment for it. Look, we're not in the stadium. I, today, I watched Don't Take Me Home because I had the day off, fear to do some training. I was like, all right, I'll just stick that on, relive the moments, you know, say goodbye to Ashley Williams, all of that. <laughs> and, I, and I genuinely forgot how much I enjoyed that summer and how much I love football. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this Cardiff game, and I felt that like we scored the second goal, and feel a bit numb, don't you? Didn't give a shit. 
But that and it kills me to say that, and but, it's not just because we're not there; it's just because it's not enjoyable. I was going to say, so Tom, I come to you on this one. I I wholeheartedly agree with what Ben's playing, like saying, I the, the football is about going to the games. It's about that whole atmosphere. Do you think people, you know, people talked about how, well, we, Cardiff, Cardiff were lucky that fans weren't in the ground so they could boo Harris. Do you think people would be more angry if they could go to games or having the game to go and watch would be enough to kind of quell their anger a little bit? Because I think a lot of the frustration now is the whole situation, right? We're sat at home watching the games and it's shit. You feel like you can't affect it. If you go to the game, you might boo them at the end of the game, walk away, but the anger doesn't sustain. So do you think not going to games impacts things like that? Yeah, I think so. I think we're now picking holes in stuff that we wouldn't ordinarily pick holes in because we're not getting that whole experience anymore. Like, I don't think we'd be sat in the pub afterwards discussing whether we want a director of football or not doing after a Cardiff game, if we'd been in the game, if you'd had a little build-up with your mates and stuff. And I think... I don't agree with that, to be fair. But that's my opinion. Like in Yeah, yeah, I get that. In terms of... The reason I feel numb at the moment is because it almost feels like a game of football manager in a way. There's no emotion. You're just watching things on a screen. You, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel like you're part of anything anymore. Like the thing I enjoy about football is go into the games. And I don't know, it's just, and it's just highlighted when you're not doing well, then you just sat there. There's nothing you can really do about it. Even like when you're in the ground, it's not anything you can actually do about it, but you feel like you're contributing when you're cheering them on and stuff. And at the moment, it's just, I think just my energy has been zapped from everything and it's just having a knock on effect on football. Well, let's let's talk about tonight's game. It was Mick McCarthy's first game in charge. Um, a bit of breaking news from the press conference. Greg Cunningham is leaving Cardiff City to go to Preston. And Kieran Brown, a man who looks quite kind of like a pirate um, with his goatee, is coming back from Livingston. Um, he didn't play he in the he didn't play in the cup semi-final at the weekend, and I wondered if that was the case, but he's coming back. Um, <clears throat> so we're bolstering the defense, we're sending one out, we're bringing one back. Um, Cunningham leaving. I mean, uh, the Cardiff City career that never really kicked into place. Um, I feel a bit sorry for him, um, but he's, he's, you know, he's never going to out. Uh, he's clearly been overtaken by Baggin, um, as we saw tonight. Um, so, Ben, the game tonight, um, you had a chippy tea. You settled in to watch the game. I mean, that first half was pretty dreadful, wasn't it? But it was so bad I left early to go get my chippy tea. <laughs> it was... It was just grim, wasn't it? And it's not like it was just Cardiff either. Barnsley contributed to a really, really shit game of football. It yeah. was just mind-numbing. It was just... I think the first five minutes, the ball was genuinely in the air more than it was on the floor. Yeah, it, it was, was just horrific to watch. Well, I can I can talk through some of the interesting stats from that game from FOTMOB. Please sponsor us, FOTMOB. Um there were, for Barnsley, 133 accurate passes. For Cardiff, 128. Um, out of that 128, out of that 128, 71 were in our own half. Um, uh, Possession-wise, was 50-50, though, so that's good. Split possession. Um, what else is there? We attempted 300 passes overall. Our pass success ratio was a whopping 41%. Um, so Tom, one for the purists. Yeah, um, I completely switched off in parts of that first half. I was honestly in my in my pessimism phase of looking where the best weekends away in League One were. Um, yeah. 
we've actually we had as far as looking at hotels. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bedford Hotel in Blackpool, the pool is very nice for what you're paying for. £77 um, a night for four people, so that's less than <laughs> less than 20 quid. And it's got a pool, what looks like a games room and a bar. So Is, is breakfast included in that? or? I don't believe it was, but let me check, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first half was woeful, wasn't it? And part of me was like, oh, nothing's going to change in the Mick McCarthy. And then part of me was like, well, he's only just come in the door, give him a chance. But to be I'm honest, I'm not blaming McCarthy for that performance no, no. today. That's no, no. that's one but, of those ones that's been coming for a long time. Like there's only so much that bloke can do. Just, just but, to confirm, uh, breakfast is an extra eighteen pounds, but that's only a, what four pounds per person, basically four pound fifty per person. So you'd just go down the street, though, wouldn't you? There's going to be a decent little greasy spoon down the street. Got to support the hotels, Ben. Anyway, anyway, that's yeah. not part of the. But I tell you what, though, when the team the team was announced. I was that was a little bit shocked because, but it, it screams of someone who has had no interest in Cardiff up until the point the job came about. Hasn't watched any of our games. Has had a week in training and picked it from that, which is in a way is quite refreshing because he's had a fresh stance on everything and it's just. But it's, um, let's let's it. talk about his team selection. <laughs> um, there was a couple of surprises. Um, I think the main one was the inclusion of Aidan Flint. Um, Ben, what did you make of Aiden Flint's performance? I've got my thoughts, but let's hear yours. It wasn't pretty, was it? It wasn't good at all. Lost his man for the first goal and decided to spear tackle Curtis Nelson in the dick with his head. Um, just, yeah. The the, Wednesday, the Sheffield Wednesday owner's done a lot wrong in his time at that club. He's really, really crippled them. But saying that Flint was shite and sending him back to Cardiff is probably the best bit of business he's done in 12 months. I mean, I, I kind of, I was speaking to Tom about it. My thoughts were that I think Morrison's probably been our most competent defender this year. We've been, you know, he's he's not been brilliant, but when you compare him to Nelson, who at times has looked a bit startled, um, uh, Morrison's probably been our best player. It feels like to me he was experimenting of which one was the worst so he could find the weak link. And I don't think he's any the wiser tonight. If you looked <laughs> at that, I mean, Flint was fouling every time the ball went near him. He missed numerous headers. Tom, who do you pick as the worst defender between him and Nelson? Well, let me stick up for Flint first, because if he hadn't pushed Woodrow into Smithies early in the game, they were, you know, the referee wouldn't have given that, you know, he would have given that goal. It was the definite goal. Barnsley should never have had a chalk. Yeah, off. that was a goal. True, but, but Flint was so incompetent that he managed to just bundle over the striker into our keeper and win a foul for us. So well done him there. But no, I think... If you're comparing Flint to Nelson, I still think, even though Nelson wasn't as strongest, I think Flint is just, I was going to say a shadow of his former self, but was he ever that good? But, he was always good in attack. He, he, was he? Good, he was good for Bristol. No, he genuinely was a good defender for Bristol. Yeah. I, I've always, I've always us, said this about Flint. Gone. gone. He's I just gone he, as a player, isn't he? I've always said it about Flint, is that he's a good defender in a team that play on the front foot. Because when you're playing on the front foot, you you're less like you know you're 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 passing the ball forward as a defender. You're not being caught on the turn, and I think that a lot of what happens is the way we've set up to play, especially since Flint has been here, is to absorb pressure. And I don't think Flint is very good at doing that because he's got two or three mistakes in him per game. But when you play on the front foot and you don't have to actively defend, basically, you're not as exposed. And I think that's what was it was at Bristol City. They played good football. They played attacking football instead of trying to absorb play and. That's the difference, in my opinion. I don't think that. I think just age has got the better of him. He's played a fair amount of football. His legs have just gone. He's getting on. We signed him for four million when he's in his thirties, and Borough snapped our hands off for him. It says everything about he wasn't good at Borough. 
why we thought he'd be good at Cardiff, I don't know. And why we paid such a fee for him, I don't know. Bristol got the best out of him. They milked him and then just discarded him like the broken bitch he is. Well, he's 31, though. Yeah, he, yeah, but he's playing like he's fi- he's playing like he's fifty-one though, isn't he? He's turning. I've seen like yachts on YouTube turning quicker. I, don't, I think that's the point that about. Way. I think that that's the point, isn't it? Like when you're on front, playing front foot football, yeah. your turning circle isn't as key. But... It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because you're 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 playing on the attack, so you don't have to turn and react all the time. His <laughs> biggest problem is is that he spends his whole game having to go and turn around to try and get the ball. I don't know what I was doing. You, you also think like his main game was heading. And from tonight, that seems to have gone from it as well. Because yeah, what he won didn't go the direction he wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Like literally, if he played, if he played Sunday League, his nickname after tonight would be Toglorin or Fifty Pence Head, wouldn't it? I think I play Sunday League, and I think I, I've got a more accurate head than he has. Um, <laughs> he scored thirty-six goals in two hundred and nine games of Bristol City. That's absolutely insane. Same. He scored a hat trick. He scored a hat trick in one game, and the last goal he scored was a Rabona volley. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I tell, you we, what, we talk- tell you what. Tell you what. Go on, Tom. T- <laughs> we looked solid when we played. We look, we went to almost like a three at the back, didn't we, towards the end of the game? That was going to be my next point. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, the, fir- the yes, the first half was bad, Tom. But the second half, check, Mick showed the the gumption to change things around. He brought Murphy on for Hoylet. He brought Morrison on for Pakuna, switched things up at the back, and it looked better, didn't it? Perhaps it was a ploy from Magic Mick, you know, just start off badly and show what he can do off the bench. That'd be a very different film, Magic Mick, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, but Magic Mick McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, right. this, you bastards. I don't, I don't think you'd have women queuing round Leicester Square Hippodrome to go and watch that. But um, me though, I'd go <laughs> <laughs> to watch but, Mick McCarthy yeah. and Terry Connor. <laughs> no, we were a lot more solid second half. It was a good second half performance, to be fair. Um, and you know, we, we it's plucky. It's kind of what you expect, isn't it? Just a stick in the game, show a bit of resolve. And to be honest, I think if the game had gone a bit longer, it would have been, only been us creating chances towards the end. We looked a lot more solid in that last twenty minutes, and perhaps that's a sign of things to come. You know, he's now seen that first half. He's changed it up a bit, and hopefully we can hit the ground running in the next game. Now he has a little bit more a sense yeah. of what certain players can do in certain positions. That second half was more of a platform to build on, wasn't it? Like you say, we were solid. It, it didn't look like we were going to concede in the second half. It only looked like we were going to be the team who scored. I've got some more, perhaps more uplifting stats from FOTMOB. Um, in terms of the duels won, we dominated the duels won. Um, we, we attempted more dribbles. We're successful in more dribbles. We were attempting more tackles. Uh, we won more aerial duels, 75% to 58%. We were better with our interceptions. Ben, that's what you expect from a Mick McCarthy side, isn't it? Yeah, just a bit of fight as well, which was severely lacking in the first half. Um, I think part of the reason we switched to three at the back was Bakuna was poor and Morrison didn't start because I don't think he's fit. I think it was sort of suggested on commentary that you sort of rush back for the last game because Harris was on his last legs. Yeah, desperate. Um, yeah, but again... With those three midfield, uh, three central defenders, that's something you want like a pacey team to go against. We were lucky that Barnsley were quite poor tonight. You go, so if you, if you played that three at the back against someone like Bournemouth, it ain't going to be pretty. Is, is that? I, I, I'm, because... I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good mood with tonight, to be honest. I think <laughs> sort of, I really, really. I'll ask the next just... question to Tom. <laughs> yeah, I would, because I'm just not impressed with tonight. Um, and I'm not oh. blaming, this isn't me slagging off McCarthy and saying he, he's the wrong Sounds man like for the it. job and all that. It's more slagging off the players, to be honest, because I think there's a lot of players tonight that just 
were anonymous for most of it. Bakuna may as well have been subbed in the first half because he did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Volk's first half was abysmal. Second half did quite well, actually. I think he was a lot better in the second half. Kiefer Moore, once again, couldn't do a lot with what he was fed on. And the wingers were anonymous. Hoylet was just poor. Really, really so poor. Seven, eight out of ten, then. Yeah. <laughs> if you need Harris. So I'll come to you for the positivity. Um, second half, we brought on Murphy. Um, he looked like he changed the game somewhat. He got at defenders. He got the ball down. Um, Moore, like we said, looked good. Volks had a better second half. Baggin looked quite good at left back again. The return of Morrison. Are there positives you can take from that game? Yeah. Yeah, there are a few. I, I don't, that's like, the it year wasn't... of a man who isn't sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's yeah, it was scrambling for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, obviously, it was far from a good game, but, you know, it's all a cliche, isn't it? You know, we, we've got a result out of a poor performance. And hopefully, if we can carry on doing that, you know, staying in games when we're playing absolutely woefully, then it might be a good sign. And, you know, we scored two goals when our expected goals were 0.71. So almost that's a positive, times, right? Almost three times. We've yeah. the expected goals. Um, I had something in my head then that I was going to say. Um, I, that's it. It's come back to me now. Usually, Ben, when you go 2 nil down at half-time and draw a game to all, it feels like a win. But... Talking to you, mate, it doesn't feel like a win. <laughs> I said it like full time blew up to feel. I turned around, I was like, that's the most unattain- unentertaining and like enthusiastic four goal game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it low was entertainment. Just, just, it, I want, oh, I'm not asking to play tiki taka amazing football. I just want to walk away with it and go, I paid 10 quid for that and it wasn't shit. I just don't yeah, think it's that much to ask. I agree with you. I think I think now more than ever, you know, I've I've never been one of those people who goes to the football for entertainment, right? Because you, you go to the football because it's who you support, you go to the football because it's your community, it's where you see your friends. But now more than ever, because we're sat at home and you don't have the things that football actually are, you just have that 90 minutes. Entertainment is more important than ever. And it's in real short supply at the moment, isn't it? Just enjoyment, just something from that to get that little bit of buzz, just a tiny percentage of that that little fix you need from what you're lacking when you're not at the game. Just something there, because at the moment it's, I, I don't like the term, you know, it's soulless and all that, but it does, it sort of makes sense in this situation without the sort of buzz there. You're just but of course losing that. It is soulless, isn't it, Tom? There's no one at the grip, there's no one at the game. Sometimes it looks like the players are going through motions. I think I heard Charlie Austin in a week talking about how it's not the same with the, the fans not being there. It is soulless, so it's shit, isn't it? That's why I have four lukewarm Fosters before every game, just to feel <laughs> like I've been Something. in a concourse. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, actually, I, actually leave the ga- I actually leave my screen 15 minutes before <laughs> half-time to stand in the kitchen <laughs> just to try and get something. Queue up for a hot dog. Queue <laughs> <laughs> hot dog, yeah. My missus is there with a pan of like Berliner hot dogs just going, must do with that. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is hard to get into. And I, 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 I do echo what Ben says. Like when you've paid money as well and you're just watching Dross week in, week out, it it comes to a point where I think well, why I'm happier than Ben at the moment is I'm trying to just ignore everything and I'm trying not to concentrate too much on the football itself. I think there'll be a point. There'll be a point where it'll get to me as well, and I'll feel like punching my screen. 
this is my own this is my own fault because like i said watching don't take me home yeah the buzz and how good that was to go from that to what we watched tonight is just that's my own self that's my own self doing like it's my own self harm in that sort of instance because you know i've gone from the best summer of football ever to tonight in the space of like an hour and a half i don't know what i was expecting to happen it's just yeah it's just purely on me well let's get ourselves revved up for another big game this saturday um I mean, this is kind of a six-pointer. If you can have a six-pointer when it's 15 versus 16. Um, I don't even know if it's home or away. Is it home or away, Ben? Home, I think, isn't it? Home to Millwall. The return of Ken Zahor. He might still be injured. I don't actually know. Um, Millwall, one of Mick McCarthy's former sides again. They currently sit below us in the table. I'll rattle off some stats for you. They've played 25 games like us. They've only won six, two less than us. They've drawn 12. Six more than us. Um, they've lost seven, four less than us. I don't know how they're doing it. Only scored 21 goals compared to our 32. They've conceded 24 compared to our 30. Um, their form at the moment is lost draw, lost win, draw. Um, Gary Rowett's a prick, Ben. Um, what are you expecting out of this game on Saturday? Another fluid game of football? Liquid, purest football. Like Barcelona at its peak. All of yeah. that. I know Kenza Hoare is fit. He is scored 6.6 on FOTMOB last night against the 0-0 at Watford. I was literally going to check that as you as you spoke. Yeah, Zahor, Wallace, just checked. Scott Malone as well. Christ. He's playing uh, left wing by the looks of things. Yeah, your best They're pal. playing wing-backs, yeah. He did um, score a good goal the other day, though, to be fair. It's going to be shit, isn't it, Ben? Give it, yeah. I'm shaking his yeah. head. I'll come to you next time. Um, I'm not, I'm not I mean, holding that much out for this. Ben, you seem in a bad bad way tonight, so I can minimise your talking here. If you want to just give us your one-sentence prediction and I can talk to Tom about the rest of the game. Um, same team, different team, what changes would you make, Ben? I think don't let Aidan Flint in the stadium. Okay. Um, interesting that he, um, there was no sign of Wilson off, even off the bench tonight. Um, I think either he's carrying a knock or they're looking to keep him fresh for Saturday. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mick might be sort of holding a few of our players back to really let them run at it with a bit more time on the training field, but on Saturday and the two tra- two training sessions that he's got left. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we could go out there and slash smash him eight nil with the most electric attacking performance I've ever seen. You're talking. You t- if you're not talking to yourself round, you're talking Tom round. Yeah. Or we could lose one nil to the ball bouncing off the crossbar and hitting Kenzo on his ass. I don't know. But that's the excitement of it, isn't it? It is the excitement of it. It's pot luck. Tom, you were nodding more energetically than perhaps um, our man Ben there. So what do you think about Saturday? I think we're going to comfortably win. It's just because I was on a podcast with um, a Millwall uh, fan like a a few weeks back and he was so miserable. It made me feel a bit better about Cardiff. They just they just don't they don't take any chances. They're really struggling in midfield at the moment. Um like they've had people like Troy Parrott come in from Spurs mm-hmm. who's done nothing and they're just saying just send him back. He's not he's not doing anything. And Wallace isn't ticking like he was before for them. Because pretty much that they, they're an average team, but they had Wallace with a bit of that magic, a bit like Tomlin did for us, to be fair, where they were relatively solid outside of him. They're okay defensively, but they just can't hit a barn door. Um, and I think this is a game after Mick McCarthy has seen today, um, you know, what 
closer to what his best side could be. You've seen him in training with his armour on Wilson and stuff as well. I think it might be a case of holding him back. He's probably knackered because all we've gone on about is relying on Wilson, relying on Wilson. So, you know, he's given him a bit of a rest now. And I think he'll, he'll 100% be in the starting lineup if he's fit on Saturday. And I just feel like this could be a game where, you know, we might see the best of our squad, like the best we've seen for a few weeks. Mick has uh, commented on his team selection tonight uh, in his press conference. I picked the team on based on what I saw in training. The ones that impressed him were Hoyler and Ojo. Murphy came on and made an impact. That's brilliant. And he said, I've always admired Harry Wilson and I want to admire him at Cardiff. And then a brief update on Morrison. He had a sore back. So maybe that's the... Obviously, I think if Hoyler and Ojo impressed him in training, it would make sense that they got the start. If he If he knows what Harry Wilson brings to the table, then it would make sense that he hasn't started him tonight, especially on a... It was a pretty rugged game, so maybe he was hoping that Wilson would avoid injury and, like you say, he might get a run out on Saturday. Um, ben, is Saturday a must-win? Are they all must-win games now? No, not really. I think like we're not going to get the playoffs. I think we can escape that. Um, yeah, as long as we're keeping sort of... If we finish top half at the end of the season, I'd be happy. Put it that way. And we, we aren't in that stage of must-win just yet to go for that. Um but I think it'd be good for us to get a win and sort of build an unbeaten run at the very least. And if we, don't, if we finish top half, does McCarthy keep his job? Oh, that worries me. What's so going to happen, mate? Yeah, it is, it is, plucky, isn't it? Eighth, plucky eighth and mixed days. I'm calling it now. Is that your prediction? And you yeah. think we're going to get plucky eighth? Well, I said eighth Currently, the season, so... But look, right? If we, if we say in plucky eighth the aim and we're only nine points off plucky eighth, we're only an extra three points then off sixth place. That's too far. Don't do the piss. Like plucky eight. That's only one more win. <laughs> we've still got. We still got twenty-one games left. Twenty-one games. We haven't, well, we, we, we haven't won in seven. No, Ooh, but we got. Didn't, I didn't think we got. That, <laughs> we got a draw tonight, and if we win in the next game, that'll be from Mick McCarthy's two games, two points average per game, and that's what Shawnee Moss says we needed between now and the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah? You guys in? I'm in. No. I think it's Ben Price we're not reading about. <laughs> oh, ben Price, right. Let's. I think Ben Price needs to go and watch Tape Don't Take Me Home again just to cheer himself up before he goes to bed. Um, ben, let's have your prediction for Saturday. Uh, I'll go 2-1 to see. Who's going to score? Wilson and Flint just to fuck us off. Good. Tom? 4-0. Who's going to score? Uh, Kiefer Moore twice, Moz once, Wilson once. All right, and I'm going to go 3 1, a hat trick for Joe Bennett. So um, that's sad. He's going to be injured. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, right, that's it for the interim view from Ninian this week. We'll be back on Sunday with a, a full power, full throttle view from the Ninian where Ben will have cheered up because we'll have got three points. Ben, stay safe, mate, and cheer up. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Tom. Um, just you know, stay safe because you are in the dark ages. Not for long, mate. It's fine. Not like, for nearly long. Half time, nearly out. You're right. to get the ground running. Bye then. Off you go. Bye. No, you get this Bye. one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www 
beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>